Is it kind of love that God only knows? Well, good morning again, and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. And if you are joining us for the first time, we're so glad to have you. As well, I want to welcome everybody watching online from wherever you are. We're so glad that you're joining us that way. Um, lots going on. So I know, you know, we, we've got the announcement video, and most people, if you're normal person, you probably just get lost in the announcements. I want to highlight a few announcements real quick, just because I know you probably missed them. Two things I'm going to uh, highlight real quick. The school drive. All right, we have a school right next to us, Scioto Ridge. Uh, we are doing a, uh, basically a supply drive for their teachers. One thing that, you know, we were talking about as leaders, it's like, you know, we're right next to them. How do we show the people around us that we care about them? So we, uh, myself and Jason, we went over and talked to the secretary, and we're like, how can we bless the teachers. How can we show the teachers that we care about them and want to support them? And so we have a list of things that we are going to be collecting all through summer. And then at the beginning of the school year, we're going to be dropping that off. And depending on how well we do, we're going to be partnering with one of the schools in Delaware as well, because we'd like to bless them uh, also. So if you're not getting, I'm gonna, this is a little pitch for the email. If you're not on the email list and you're not getting emails, you can go to our website and sign up for that or you can email one of us and we can get you on the email list. But there's a list of everything that you can be collecting right now. We would love to just bless them uh, with uh, plenty of supplies uh, to get the school year started off right. So sign up for that, start bringing supplies. If you're not getting the email list, get on that. Second, this Saturday, whatever you have going on, cancel it, pool party this Saturday, press pool party. I don't know if you saw that or we've been on and off. You know, we didn't have church last week, but this Saturday, pool party, uh, one of our council members here is opening up their house, their pool, and so we're getting together. Uh, food's provided, drinks provided, just come hang out. If you are newer to press, this is a great opportunity to come get to know somebody. We're not super weird, we're nice people, so you can, you know, well, some of us are weird. I mean, everybody's weird, so, you know, it's like, you, we can just be weird together, right? Um, but come, this is a great time just to meet. It starts at 4 o'clock. And again, if you're on the email list, you will see this. This Saturday, 4 o'clock, the uh, address, all that stuff, details in the email. So another reason to get emails from us. We don't spam. So if you're worried about getting spammed, not spam. Two a week, done. It's good. All right. Now to business. New series, God Only Knows. Um, how many times have you had the thought, no one understands? No one gets it. Like, anybody like feel alone sometimes? You're like, I am the only one who feels this way, or I'm the only one who gets it. No, nobody can understand what I'm going through. I'm alone. Um, and it's amazing in, in a world that's more connected than ever. You know, we've got a ton of people around us. We've got social media. We have all these ways to connect with, with so many people. We have access to people everywhere. And yet we can still feel so distant. We can still feel so alone. Um, and it's really easy to get that way. Even if you have friends and family around, maybe a spouse, whatever it may be, like it's still easy to feel alone. And so in this series, we're going to be working through uh, the book of Psalms, not the whole thing. There's 150 chapters. So we're not going to go through every psalm, but we're going to be working through the psalms and, and show that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you have going on, uh, that God loves you, that he's with you, and he's a part of our lives. Um, and the other thing with that is he sees it. He sees it all. Um, and I think the best part of all of it is it's not too big for him. 
Uh, that's one really refreshing thing about Psalms is you see just this really straightforward, like, God, this is what I'm going through, and I don't like it, and I'm coming to you, and I'm, I'm letting you know about it. Uh, and I think sometimes we uh, maybe are afraid to be that honest with God. And so as we start the series, God Only Knows, this week we are talking about God Only Knows Our Fears. And so if you're new with us or haven't come very often, every week um, myself and the other pastors on staff, we get together, we hop in a car, we talk about the sermon for the day. And so let's watch this first video talking about God Only Knows Our Fears. Yeah, I have a fear of going to the gas station. <laughs> God only knows what you're going uh, through. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Psalms, and Sierra, you were a rapper, so... Oh, dear God. <laughs> Don't, I was never a rapper. <laughs> it's going to be a deep dive here, and people are going to start searching the internet for... That's right. <laughs> I did produce some hip-hop. If only we could... And point I might have people. dropped a few verses. Yes. If only we could point people in the right direction yes. to hear CR. <laughs> There's so many things to say. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin with that. Although it is a little weird um, because some of this stuff did end up on uh, MTV. Right, right. So I'm just yeah. saying. I'm not my lines. Not my not my verses. I was not I was not really uh, you know. That wasn't my thing, but my production work yes. in the hip hop community yes. did end up on uh, on like TV yes. and a few places. About like dating my mom or something like that. Then she do yeah. There like... were a couple of TV shows and some <laughs> other stuff where you have some credits decades ago. Like, well, so was I... MTV. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. This was uh, at least twenty years ago. You guys worked in the music industry and have been a part of writing or, you know, creating art like that. I haven't. I don't know if I'd call it art. Well, but, yeah. okay. It was artistic-ish. Uh, All the bands that are watching this are uh, so yeah. offended. Made but, some money. That was... That, yeah, so you're professional some artists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But all that to say, like, you, you guys, when I read the Psalms, to me, it, it gives me uh, a language to express emotions because I don't create that in yeah. myself. That's just not, you know, I'm not wired that way. And, and so to read the Psalms for me as just an average guy, you know, gives me a language of expression that I, I don't have just naturally. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I think our, even music today, why people resonate, it gives them, it gives them a language to express feelings. Well, I was going to say, I think also when, when people get to a certain point of desperation, whether they believe in God or not, it's like that, well, God, if you are real, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're actually there, I don't know if I believe if you're there, right, but you're right. actually there, you know, because they've gotten to this point where it's like, I have nowhere else to turn, maybe as followers of Jesus, Christians who, you know, we almost don't even do that. It's like, we're afraid to bring him our mess. We're afraid to bring him the thoughts that we're thinking like he doesn't know them already right <laughs> like, yeah what are we afraid of yeah, right yes like, we're afraid we'll become undone right. yeah right that we'll lose control we'll lose the togetherness that we think we have mm. and so we're afraid of that and so we're not going to be that vulnerable that open um, but god already knows right how messed up we are right. and sometimes we it 
it's not until we bring that to him that we can begin to find the wholeness again yeah with him right I do think it's interesting that you know basically when on the night Jesus was you know going to be arrested it said they they, they sang a hymn or a psalm before they left like we, we don't have routines like that that are just ingrained in our our rhythm our, right our, liturgy of our life um, mm. I think that was spoken like a real pastor there. you know no one but a pastor would say <laughs> the liturgy, liturgy of our life, life. <laughs> right <laughs> this is what this is what Jason brings to the table <laughs> yeah. so Psalms Psalms we're calling it God only knows because mm-hmm. there is this sense of like we're all going through stuff um people would be shocked to find out some of the stuff <laughs> right. that people are going through yeah. and and yet it's it, it's happening and and yeah. that that means even amongst us and leadership and other oh, yeah. other people that you wouldn't necessarily think are are struggling with things the right. reality is is like everyone has deep things that they're working through that they're struggling with that they're they're facing mm-hmm. some stuff that was thrust upon them that they right. have no control over mm-hmm. you know and the reality is, is like, God is the only one that truly knows mm-hmm. what you're facing, what's going on in your life and in your heart. Mm-hmm. And crying out to him is at the core right. of everything yeah. that, you know, we can possibly express ourselves. That's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do, and do, do we, do we have any place in our life where we allow that to happen? Right. Do, do we give ourselves permission even? to express to God what's going on because he already knows mm-hmm. right. but are we willing to open up to him and to see what he does yes. when we do that yeah yeah, and I think that'll be a question um, that we keep throughout this whole series like can we include God in what is happening in our lives right now so as we look at the Psalms um, it addresses this very thing um, you know, since we're going to be in the Psalms, I figure we should give a little bit of context to uh, the Psalms as a book. Uh, I've heard Psalms referenced as the book of prayer of God's people, or a prayer book of God's people. Um, and the cool thing is, is, when you are reading through Psalms, you are joining in to prayers and songs and hymns of, of followers of God for, for thousands of years. I mean, this is something that that Christians have been repeating and talking through for thousands of years. And so it's really cool and just a a cool look into the hearts and the minds uh, and the souls of some of the people who preceded us. Um, Psalms is a collection of 150 chapters. It's written in poetic form. Um, And if you just look at the layout of Psalms, like if you you have a Bible with you and just jump to Psalms, you'll see it just looks different. This format looks different. You know, go to almost any other book in the Bible, and you'll see, you'll notice just visually a difference. Um, a lot of people think David wrote all of the Psalms, uh, and that's not true. He wrote a majority of them, but I think it was 73 Psalms are attributed to David, but you got uh, Psalms from Moses, Solomon, uh, some other people whose names I'll probably butcher. Um, and it's just full of um, these old texts of, of followers of God. And one of the cool things I found is within Psalms, you have some of the oldest texts in the Old Testament. Like some of the oldest texts were ever put together were were Psalms. And you also have some of the newest texts. Um, And so the individual writings, like these these Psalms in their, you know, original 
whatever, the, when they originally came together, you have a span of almost 800 years. 800 years of psalms from the oldest to the newest. And, and we get to join in in that. And these psalms are broken up roughly into two categories. You have psalms of lament, and then you have psalms of praise. Uh, lament is, you know, it's pain, it's confusion, it's anger. Uh, how, how many can relate to the psalms of lament, right? <laughs> it's like, this is where we're like, okay, I'm not the only one going through something. And then you have psalms of praise, declaring who God is, uh, how awesome he is, how mighty he is, how wonderful he is. Uh, and it's interesting, like you see a lot more psalms of lament in the beginning and a lot more praise at the end. So it's interesting to kind of see this, this flow from, from lament to praise. And the thing that I think the Psalms helps us with is it, help, it, it sets the proper order of our relationship with God. It remembers that us, we are his created, and him, he is the creator. He is the ruler, he, he, he is in power. And I think a lot of times we need that reminder. We need the reminder of, okay, God, I, I need to, to, to step down a little bit on what I think I can control, what I think I can do, and remember that you are in control, you are awesome, you are mighty. And there's this big thought throughout Psalms that in spite of your circumstances, in spite of everything that's going on, God is still in control. And not only is he in control, that God is, is good. And that's something that as we work through this series, we will keep at the center, that God is in control, he's with you, he is good. There was a um, fourth century church father by the name of Saint Athanasius, I think I'm saying that right, pretty, pretty epic name, but he said this of the Psalms, he said, most of scripture speaks to us, the Psalms speak for us, and you, you hear Jason in the video a little bit of that, like the Psalms, they give you, they give you some wording, they give you, like, you can resonate with the, the heart behind what's going on, it gives some words for us. And as much as the situations that these writers went through are different than us, you know, we don't have like an army surrounding us in this current moment, or we don't have some of the same uh, potentials for injury in this, you know, moment, we still find ways to resonate with the words in Psalms. We, we still, as humans, we still have fears. We still have doubts. We still um, have our limitations. And something that's not new for any human is, is fear. Um, if anyone says they're not afraid of anything, that's like even medically bad. Like that's <laughs> like, and that's, and that's one of the first things with fear is like we have this idea. Fear can be a good thing. Um, it, it can help you. It's, it's natural. It's there to help, um, you know, keep you from being injured or hurt. So if you have fear, you're in good company. Don't beat yourself up. That's like not an unchristian thing to have fear. Um, fear releases hormones. And in those hormones, it, it actually, it will stop things in your body that aren't um, needed for survival at the, that very moment. And so it'll shut down your like digestive system. Um, and then it'll sharpen other things. Like your eyesight gets better. You ever notice that? Like if you get, you get scared, all of a sudden you just notice you're like, you, you get, you start seeing better. It's like you're focused more. Your heart rate increases. You know, blood flows. You, start, you can run faster when you're scared. 
all right, or when there's fear coming. And so fear can be helpful, you know, if you're running from a bear or something like that. Now, hey, there's more blood in your muscles. I can run faster. This is, and then you're, with your eyesight, you know what I mean? You can see through the trees to not fall or something. I don't know. But, like, your body actually, it does good things. Like, those hormones can be good. But the problem is, is when that fear takes over, when that fear is the lens in which you see life from. Um, people do crazy things when they're afraid. You ever notice this? People do crazy things when they're afraid. Who remembers at the beginning of COVID, um, there was a lack of something. There was a lack of toilet paper. Right, you guys, are, do, do you remember this? A lack of toilet paper. I, again, like how some upper respiratory system virus leads to people buying a bunch of toilet paper, I don't know. But you had people hoarding toilet paper because they were afraid of not having toilet paper. And so if you were one of those people buying like, you know, a cart full of toilet paper, you are the problem, let me just say. You are the reason for the shortage. You caused the shortage. There was no shortage. You got scared and you caused the problem. So we'll just, there's that. Has anybody been with somebody like in a haunted house that got freaked out? Or just like been in like a scare, what do, what, I mean, they, they go crazy, right? Like you have this like sweet little person that like turns into like a kung fu ninja, you know what I mean? And they're like, they're just ready to take some, it's, you can see that fear, it's kicking in, like there, there's a reaction and, and they do something. And we go into the self-defense mode and that's the thing, all we can think about is protecting ourselves. Like that is the main goal at that time. I, I, I'm fearful, I have fear, I'm gonna protect myself at all costs even at the expense of people around you. Have you ever been like injured by somebody who was like freaking out? Like their arms are flailing, you get a black eye, like, like I didn't do anything, why are you hitting me? Like we hurt other people. Anybody have lifeguard training? No? So when, you, when you're training to be a lifeguard, there, there's a way to approach someone who's drowning. You're not supposed to swim like straight to them. If you swim straight to them in front of them, you know what they'll do? they'll drown you. All they care about is, is breathing. All they care about is not drowning, and they can't even, they almost don't even see you there. They will use you to lift themselves out of the water. And so you're actually trained as a lifeguard to swim around and behind them. If you've ever seen that before, that's the reason why lifeguards go behind. They will go behind, they will get them under the arms, and then they'll lift them up. But in that moment, someone who's drowning, all they can think about is survival. All they can think about is them and what's going on with them, and then they hurt others if not approached correctly. And so I ask us, maybe the question today is like, what happens when we live life through this lens of fear, through this lens of survival? It can overtake you. It can blind you to the actual situation at hand. It can cause you to, to, to physically be sick talked about it shutting your digestive system. Like you can literally cause yourself to be physically sick because of fear. And again, it can cause you to hurt the people around you. You may never even realize it because all you can think about is your own self, your own survival, your own comfort, your own getting out of this feeling of fear. And I think the worst of all is for many of us, it can feel like we're left alone to deal with it. Again, nobody knows, nobody can understand, and here I am dealing with this fear with nowhere to turn. 
And so we're going to be, again, in the Psalms today. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Psalm 27. We're going to read through this chapter. And this is a Psalm of David. Um, and as you read this Psalm, you'll probably notice that there's situations that maybe you're not going through. There's maybe some words that you, you wouldn't typically use in, in a sentence. But think about this as if, you know, an artist is writing. And maybe a, a current artist or a musician that you know is, is writing this. And think about that in this, in this almost poetic or song form. And really think about the words and the imagery being used in this chapter. So let's read this together. This is Psalm 27. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Don't let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living, waiting patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, patiently wait for the Lord. I love the way the psalm starts. Right at the beginning, you see this reference to light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. What, what's one of the most stereotypical fears? Fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. How many of us are afraid of the dark? I remember when I was a kid, I would be, I, I, was, I had a bunk bed, and the light switch was at, was at the end of my bunk bed, okay? So, like, my, my head's over here, and, the, and it's not, it wasn't there. Like, I had to, like, reach over and, like, hit the, hit the light. But I remember there'd be, there'd be nights that I, like, like, oh, my gosh, did I see something move? And I'm sitting there in my bed. And if, you, if you're afraid of the dark or you've ever been, like, it's like you're, like, sitting there, like, I can't move. Like, does it see me? I don't know. And then, so I was in a bunk bed with my brother, and my brother was on the bottom, I was on the top, and so I'm like, it's like, Andrew, did you see that? He's <laughs> like, uh, and I remember, I was like, you're just, you're just afraid, and you're like, ah, uh, and I just like, I remember there'd be times I'm like, I'm in bed, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, here we go, and you know, it's like, you, you throw, the, throw the sheets off, you run over to the edge, and get the light, okay, and then you look around, and I'm like, okay, we're safe. But that light, when that light comes on, 
And as funny as that, it's like you feel safe. It's like as soon as that light was on, you know, your, your heart rate starts to, starts to come down a little bit. Okay, all right, there was nothing there. I swear I saw something, but uh, okay, there's nothing. But it's like, I, and if, you've, if you are afraid of the dark still or have been afraid, like how many times you've done that? Like you, you, you're in the dark and you know where the light switch is and you're like planning, you're like, all right, I'm just gonna, okay, here we go. And you like run and, and make sure to turn the light on real quick. And it's amazing that feeling of safety when that light comes on. I just think it's a beautiful, just beautiful imagery of, you know, David starting, the Lord is my light. And you're seeing God as this like, this safe place, this, this hopeful place, this place that I can, I can run to. It's amazing how powerful the presence of light is in those moments when we're afraid. And, and you see David reiterating to himself, the Lord is my light. He's starting with this confidence. And as much as he starts with this confidence, it, it, it doesn't stay there. It doesn't stay in a confident uh, place. One thing I love about the Psalms is it, it gives room for, for struggle. Like, I think there's times as Christians where we think, like, I'm a bad Christian if I have fears. Or, like, if I, if I believe in God, I shouldn't be having this, this fear. And, and we see in the Psalms, time after time, we see these people who are, had true faith in God that still had these fears and still had these struggles. And I think the Psalms, similar to, to what that saint, this, you know, the Psalms speak for us, I think the Psalms, it, it humanizes the Christian walk. It allows us to not feel like, to feel like bad Christians or like people who don't, you know, it's like, I'm not weird for having fears. You know, I... I, I can't have faith in God and still have to work through this. And I think we see that play out in this chapter where you see David confident of who God is. This is who God is. Uh, but then you, you see another pattern start to arise. And this is the pattern I see in this, in this chapter. It starts with confidence. And then you see him start searching for help. Like you see this change of like, okay, now I'm thinking about what I'm actually having to face in some of those trials. But then I love, again, it, it ends then with, with confidence. You see this journey of like, I'm confident in God and who he is and he's my light, he's there. And then, oh, I have enemies. Where are you? Are you there, God? You are there. And it's like, it's like he's telling himself, but then questioning it at the same time. And then he ends, he ends with, with his confidence. And so it's like, even, even when I have faith, there's times that I'm still seeking help. There's times that I may even question where that help comes from. You know, I can say the right answers. You know, I can give the right answer. I can tell you what the scripture says, but that it doesn't always make me feel better in the moment. I think a lot of us can feel that. It's like you get those people, you know, you're going through a hard time and someone comes and they give you a verse and you're like, that didn't really help me right now, but okay, I know the right answer. That doesn't change how I'm feeling right now. And I do believe that the Spirit of God can move at us and help us with those things, but it, it's, it's, almost, it's somewhat refreshing to see David, like, wrestling through that. Even a man like David, who, you know, is a big figure in the Scripture, like, even him having to wrestle through, you know, who is my help? Who is there for me? And so I think wherever we are today, wherever you find yourself and whatever struggles and fears, I think there's a question that, that is good for us to ask. And that's this. 
in facing my fears, am I searching for God's help? In, in having to come face to face with my fears and in, in, in having to deal with this stuff, am I seeking God? Am I searching for his help? Because you see that in the scripture. I mean, it's like, I don't know if David was saying it out of confidence or if David was, I mean, it seems confident, but I know for me, it, it would almost be like, I just have to tell myself again. I'm like, have to just remind myself of who God is. He is there, right? God, you are there. Don't leave me. I know I just said that you're with me, but don't leave me. You know, it's like, it's like having to work through this. And if you're not seeking God's help, Maybe a question there is like, who do you turn to? Who are you running to to help in these times? Because we're going to have fears. We're going to have stuff that we have to work through. Who are you running to? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you just, you just take it on yourself. I can deal with this. I'll get through. You're someone who's been let down by a lot of people, and so you can't, you can't open that door like, I'm, I'll do it on my own. And that has its own issues and complexities with it. And I love what, what's happening here. If you, if, you, if you do have your Bibles open, in verses 8 to 10, um, you, you start to see this internal dialogue that David, David has with himself. And he's acknowledging that he should run to God and talk with God. Let me, let me read that real quick. It says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk to me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, Lord, the Lord will hold me close. You, you, and you see this, this internal dialogue of like, you know, God, I hear what I should be doing, and, and you're there. But at the same time, begging him, don't leave Again, you have this like confidence of God's presence at the same time wrestling with this fear of God leaving his side. And then to conclude with a thought in the verse 10 of basically him saying like, everyone else can leave me and you're still there. My mother and father can leave me and you are still there. It's like how many times are... I mean, and maybe how often do we wrestle like that? Yeah, I believe in order for this, for this series, really any series we do, but for this series to have any impact, we have to wrestle through our belief of God's presence in our lives. Like, we have to work through that, like, do I believe you're there? You're there, right? Okay, you're good. Wait, don't leave me. Are you there? And this is, this is important, and, and we see the psalm, the psalmist continually remind himself of that presence. He has to remind himself who God is. You are there. You're with me. I think this is a, a perfect reason why Christian community, being in community with, with each other is so important. We need reminded very often. Like, we forget so quickly what God has done or how he's moved in our lives or, or maybe even what we believe and having people around us that can support that and remind us is so good. It's why Sunday morning is important to hear scripture, to be challenged, to be reminded who God is. God is here. He's in your life. And we can miss his presence. And I know every one of us here, I mean, this is the fun thing of talking to, you know, a diverse crowd, people who are watching online, wherever you are in this 
in the country, maybe who knows where they're watching from. We all come from different places. We're all coming from different struggles and, and, and different fears, different circumstances. And we see, you know, David working through this progression of confidence in God, searching for help, and then kind of coming back to this confidence. But that may not be the way that you work through it. You might not even start with confidence. Your starting point might be, you know, like we said in the video, like, I don't know if I believe in God. Like, I'm still questioning if, if there is a God. And maybe you've got to the point that you believe there's a God, but you don't know if he's good. You know, my, I, I have uh, close friends who their, their father pastor passed away at a young age. They were just in their, they were in their teenage years. It's like having to work through, okay, I believe there's a God, but I don't think he's good anymore. Why'd you take my dad? And so as much as like David here, like can start with, with good and confidence and, and all those things, like maybe you don't even go there. Maybe you're just in the searching phase. I don't know where I can go for help. God, are you there? Do you care? And no matter where you are on that spectrum, I do believe that the Psalms, they they do encourage us to do something. And that is to look to where your trust is. And and David here says, "In, in the face of his fears, in the face of everything that's going on, he looks to God. And he trusts God. And even if he doesn't quite understand it, even if he maybe doesn't feel it at that moment, he rests in a trust in God. Like, I can put my trust in God. And if you are somebody that's questioning, if you can, that's, that's a great question to work through. I think that's a good question to even ask. And the fact that you're maybe asking that question is, is great unto itself that you're at least seeking, you're seeking, you're in the searching phase. And, and my heart and my prayer is that the spirit of God is working in each of our hearts. I've said this before, I can't talk good enough or coerce you well enough to believe in the presence of God. I can give you my experience, I can try to be as confident as possible and give you, you know, some really good reasons to believe in God. But at the end of the day, like the spirit of God has to work in your heart. And this is, you know, we're... Here we are together. We all have our fears. We all have our struggles. At some point, the question is, you know, who do you trust? And I think there's something that we, we all learn, maybe even through the pandemic, is like we don't control very much. We don't have the control that we want to have. I, I couldn't keep that from happening. I couldn't keep all that. It just I, I'm, I'm out of control. And for us to get back to the point of like, okay, are we gonna, what are we putting our trust in? And if you're a follower of Jesus, can we put our faith in Jesus? Can we trust this process, this, this uncomfortableness of even though I'm not seeing what I wanna see, I'm gonna trust the God you are there. And all of this, all of this goes back to an, an overarching theme of the Psalms and, and the correct order of things that I would say is this, and this is you know, one of my last slides, God is in control and I am not. And that's a, that's a real hard one for a lot of us. Look to your neighbor and say that God is in control and I am not. God is in control and I am not. That might be hard for you to say. 
that might be uncomfortable for you to say of like recognizing limitations. But this is something I think is so beautiful in the Psalm that we looked at today and even in, in many others is getting to the point of, of understanding our place. God, you are, hi, you are higher and greater and more amazing and more awesome than I could, than I could ever imagine. And, and even when I feel far from you, God, I am gonna trust. I'm gonna trust that you see me. I'm gonna trust that you understand what's going on. I'm gonna dig into where you have me. I'm gonna trust that you're working to grow me, to grow my faith. And that's the thing, God doesn't always take away those pains. I think there's this narrative like, you follow Jesus in your life is just perfect. That's a lie. Talk, talk to the apostles and the disciples, like, they faced a lot, <laughs> a lot of trials, and they were the key people who were, who were sent to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. A lot of them died really bad deaths. Were they not blessed? These are things we have to work through in our faith. Of like, you know what, there's times where just because I'm a follower of Jesus doesn't mean I'm always content or always comfortable. But I think it, it says one thing. God wants us to, to, to run to him. God wants us to trust in him. Because if we can do it on our own, if you can handle it by yourself, no need for God. Run to him. No matter what fear you're facing, no matter what struggle you're in, God knows it, he sees it, he cares for you, and he is with you. And so as we close, as I close this message today, I'd ask you guys to stand with me. And I'm gonna go through the 23rd Psalm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the 23rd Psalm. So please stand and join. We're gonna, we're gonna say the 23rd Psalm together. Um, Brian, I'm not sure if I gave you the slide to have for the people to see, but if you, if you don't, you can follow on this screen here. But I just wanna read the 23rd Psalm. I think it's a, this is a great way to kind of close uh, today. I mean, there's... You know, verse four, yea, that walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And so as we read this psalm together, maybe you have to, you know, begrudgingly believe this in your heart today, but believe that, that God is there, that he's with us, that he's present, that he sees it all. So let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that we can come to you with, with everything, and even though maybe that's uncomfortable, God, we you are big enough. As we sang earlier, you are bigger than all of these things that we face. You're bigger than my doubts. You're bigger than my fears. You're bigger than any struggle I may have. 
And so God, this, this morning I pray for everybody who is here in this room, who is watching online, who may eventually watch this later in the week, whatever it may be, God, that I pray that each of us would sense your presence and your spirit in our lives. God, we, we confess that we have fears. We confess that there's things that we try to hold on and deal with ourselves. And we know that that's unhealthy. We know that that's not good. We know that we can hurt other people in that process, God. And so I pray that, that each of us, we can maybe be in that searching phase of searching for you, seeking for you, God. And I pray that you would be there. We feel your presence, that you would lead us and guide us through whatever we are facing. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your just awesomeness, who you are, beyond what we can fathom and comprehend. You know it all. You are there. I pray that we can each come to you, God, with it all. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'd encourage you, you know, through this week to maybe take some time and read through Psalm 27 and Psalm 23 again, just as a reminder Maybe just to remind yourself who God is. He's there. He's with you. He's for you. And just because he's for you doesn't mean the bad stuff goes away. He's there with you in the midst of it. Let's continue in worship. Yeah. 